Hello and welcome to the Inspire Audience podcast. This is Jeremy Woods, host of the Inspire Audience podcast, and this is our second episode. I'm here, joined here today with Felice Matthew, and he is a speaker, poet, who helps spouses and spouses-to-be communicate better in their relationships. After losing all of his immediate family at the age of 13, he became obsessed with relationships. He took that obsession into poetry for over 10 years, and now as a public speaker, he combines poetry and Christ-centered presentations to help offer solutions to be the number one problem in the relationship, communication. Welcome to the show, Felice. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. So uh, maybe uh, start talking a little bit about yourself and maybe give a short introduction. Well, as you said, my name is Felice Matthew. I'm a speaker poet. I'm a marital communication expert, which just means that I help spouses, Christian spouses, communicate better in their relationship with God-centered principles. And I throw in a little, a little poetry. And so, uh, what's your uh, testimony? Well, as far as how I came to Christ, yeah, mostly through the Bible. I remember one night. And I had a question about the Bible about judging, right? And and everyone has this perception that you shouldn't judge. And then I was thinking to myself, well, how do how do you know who's right and who's wrong? And I remember playing Madden on a PlayStation, and one night, and I was a college student. It was like early in the morning, maybe like one, two in the morning. And then I say, you know what? Before I go to bed, I'm just gonna read what the Bible talks about in reference to judging. And then that one verse led to me being in the Bible for maybe four hours. And, and it didn't even seem like that. And uh, one of the key verses that, that stuck out to me was when, <laughs> when Jesus was drawing in the sand with a mm-hmm. stick. And, and they brought the, the, the lady <laughs> who was accused of committing adultery. And Jesus, you know, everybody's saying stone her and all this stuff. And, you know, I just picture in my head Jesus calmly drawn in the dirt and let he without the first sin cast the first stone and then you know everybody started to disappear oh, I think I left my stove on you know like everybody was leaving and, and I was like man I was amazed by that and ever since then I've been I guess God called me in the realm of apologetics because I've you know from my mentor pouring books on me from the mentors I have now um, teaching me from a philosophical point of view and a apologetic point of view I'm just fascinated with how Christianity just answers certain questions that other other worldviews don't seem to quite righteously and consistently answer. Mm-hmm. So I came through with, with scripture and truth and and you know rebuttals that Jesus had. That's how and that's how I came to to God. Yeah. And uh how long have you been speaking as a Christian speaker? Uh, about two years now, I think. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been in this field for over twenty years, but I mm-hmm. didn't embark into uh, to making it a career and you know make being professional until about you know a year and a half to two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, what's been your most memorable speaking engagement? Uh, it's, it's it's a tie between two memories. One is a memory at the Boys and Girls Club. It's a Boys and Girls Club at Walt Disney. I was invited to come out there and speak. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, the, the most memorable part is towards the end. So they have tables set up for each speaker, right, to sit at the table and you have a group of kids that go around. It's maybe 100 or 200 kids and maybe 10 of them come around, sit at the table and, and you're supposed to talk to them about career choices and their passions and finances and everything. At the last table, at the last rotation, there was a group of kids there who pretty much called me out as far as my, my, my poetry. You know, mind you, I live in an urban community where rap and, you know, songs like that of that nature is really, really big. So I told them, hey, I'm a speaker poet. They said, poet? And they're like, well, let me hear something. I said, okay, well, I, I let them hear a little something. And I didn't think anything of it. In fact, you know, I've been, po- I've been speak, I've been a spoken word poet for so long. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of, it, it kind of puts you in a negative box sometimes. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if you, if I say Superman, a lot of people think of Christopher Reeves, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, unfortunately, his biggest success has carried him and stereotyped him throughout his whole career, regardless of what else he did after that. So that's how it was for me as a, as a spoken word poet. So I was, it made it hard for me to transition as a speaker because people would pay speakers, but they wouldn't pay spoken word poets. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I didn't think anything of it because I was really in the mindset of, oh, here we go, you know, another person or another group of people typecasting me or whatnot. But towards the end, I'm shaking hands with all the people that invited me there, you know, the event coordinators, other business professionals. And then I turn around, a hundred kids are gathered. This kid named Rashad that heard the poem went and gathered the whole club. And they say, hey, man, I told him about the poem and I want you to hear it. That was one of the best moments because, you know, I guess I was reminded that God said, hey, poetry is your vehicle to be able to do other things. Don't put that aside because of the impact it had. So that was a pretty powerful moment for me. The second one that I said was a tie was being in a panel discussion, a, a Christian panel discussion where it's supposed to be giving advice for singles. And, and you know, my responses as, as far as the panel was, was well, as far as being on a panel and I'm mind you, I'm in, I'm in a panel with business owners who are making six figures. I'm in a panel with pastors who are, you know, getting ordained by famous other pastors. And here I am just a speaker poet making his way up, you know, and, and the type of responses that I got from, from the questions that I were able to answer was, was truly amazing. You know, so those would be the two moments. So did you ever sense a clear confirmation from God to speak or was it more circumstances from God that led to where you are? <laughs> confirmation, absolutely. My whole life, <laughs> my whole life, when you talk about the providence of God and him directing your footsteps, it's my whole life. I didn't know this until a few years ago, but my whole life, and I tell you that not to even, you know, downplay it or anything, it is. it really is. I. My mother died of HIV when I was 12, right? My stepfather, I never knew my real father. My stepfather died, was murdered actually, like maybe a month later. My last living blood relative was, was, was he died, was my granduncle. He died of diabetes a few months later. So within a year, I became a child with no blood relatives. So now there's two, two, outcomes to that says psychologists and therapists that I talked to throughout the years. One is that I'll have relationship commitment issues. 
where I wouldn't want any to get close to anyone. I wouldn't, you know, I, I'd go into that spectrum. The other one is that I become obsessed with relationships. Well, I became obsessed with relationships. I wrote notebooks in middle school and high school asking questions um, of people about relationships. I, I, I was that dude. I was the middle man when it came to talking about relationships where people would come to for advice. I read some of the books. I don't know if you remember a book back in the day where was it men are from Venus and women are from Mars? Like books that had to do with the the male and female relationships from movies to, I was just intrigued. I, I worked at Publix and uh, for about a year and, you know, part of public policy is as a, 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 uh, a cashier slash bagger, you had to walk the guest out uh, and push their carts to their car. And I would meet a lot of couples who've been married 20, 30, 40 years. And I would basically interrogate them. And then I took my findings into spoken word poetry for 10 years. So yeah, God definitely has pushed me into, into this ministry. So do you have a routine before that you do before a speaking engagement? And if so, what is that routine? Yeah, I, I just pray. Pray to be led by his word and not my own thoughts, feelings, or experiences. And I do some breathing exercises that I learned from speech class. Mm -hmm. okay, so let's uh, turn to some uh, more personal questions. Uh, what's your favorite Bible verse and why? Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. you know, do not lean on your own understanding. <laughs> That's, that's just amazing to me, especially as I started to study apologetics and philosophy. Mm -hmm. You know, even when I'm talking to someone for a minute or two minutes, I can know how much importance they place on the Bible or God's word based on the, the root of their thoughts. Mm -hmm. All right. So I try to align my thoughts with his word. And I really think that his word is, is everything that we need in our Christian life. So, yeah, I try to lead by that and live by that and think by that. And uh, from the Bible, other than Jesus, uh, who do you most like or relate to? <laughs> also Paul. <laughs> he was a debater, apologist. Yeah, I'm always, I don't always purposely try to, but I'm always in some type of debate of worldviews with people. Um, as far as uh, speaking or otherwise, uh, what are your aspirations? I want to make a career, basically, just helping people, you know, by doing what I love. You know, I've, even before I sought, sought to make this a career, I was already doing this. I was already counseling couples. I was already helping couples. So I want to make a career about, or, or around that. Uh, looking back, uh, what's the biggest impact you've seen God have in your life? My bio, <laughs> the providence, his providence over my bio. What people, what many people don't understand is just how cursed I felt growing up. Had no one, you know, no blood. Not, I, to this day, I still don't know any, I don't know anybody. I don't have a son or a daughter yet. I have, I have no blood relations. So if I die, I think that's the end of my bloodline as far as I know. So sometimes what you have is taken for granted and what I, what I didn't have was family. So I really looked and observed relationships from that spectrum that I, that I don't think many have. And uh, as far as uh, speaker, uh, 
what's been your biggest challenge as a speaker and how did you overcome that challenge? Breaking through the noise is the biggest challenge. You know, I nowadays, you know, power to them, you know, bless them and however God wants to bless them. But nowadays you have single people who are given marital advice and they have a million followers. And, you know, I, I, I met this lady who is, she, she has a, you know, a wife, how to be a better wife platform, but she was divorced. And, you know, so breaking through the noise is, is nowadays is, is interesting because it's not just based on truth. It's based on how you present the truth. It's based on luck. It's based on money to market. It's based on who you know. So that's it's been an extreme challenge, but I think this year has been going very, very well for me as far as breaking through the noise. You know, I plan on releasing my book. I plan on using that book as a business card to get me on a lot of platforms. Congratulations. And I think that will establish myself. Do you listen to any uh, Christian podcasts? And if so, what do you find helpful? What, what are they and what do you find helpful or inspirational from them? Um, I don't listen to as many podcasts as I, I used to, but uh, one that I pay attention to is the, uh, I think it's called Young, Black, and Married Christian Podcast. Okay. Um, that offers a perspective, you know, a minority that, that's not really out there. It's refreshing hearing other people's perspectives. They're rooted in the Word of God. Uh, I often, well, not often, but from time to time, I listen to the Focus on the Family uh, pay attention to that. If there's anything that, that's rooted in the Word of God that offers a perspective or a solution to the problem that marriages are going through or could possibly go through, I pay attention to. Um, and so as a uh, uh, last thing, uh, what, what advice do you have for Christian speakers? Study philosophy. <laughs> Study apologetics. Of course, both those things are rooted in God's word. You can't have good philosophy or good apologetics without being sound in God's word. Some of the best church figures in history, most notable church figures in history or Christian figures in history have, have either suggested or them, they themselves have had strong apologetics and philosophy. I think that's extremely important because nowadays it's a battle for worldviews. Sometimes it's direct to where you're like, no, you know, I'm not doing that. But a lot of times it's subtle. You know, like, for instance, I often say that I, I help Christian spouses communicate better in their marriage. And I get attacked from that. I'm like, oh, don't God want our marriages to succeed? Why is your advice only for Christian spouses? Well, actually, my advice is not only for Christian spouses, but I phrase it that way because I don't know too many non-believers who use Bible, the Bible or Jesus as their as their guiding principles so when i do meet those people then i'll include that group so it's a battle it's very subtle it's a battle for worldview so i really caution everybody to or i should say advise everybody to really be sound and what you know okay thank you so much police and uh i'm gonna give you a lesson for the full ministry thank you thanks for having me